For the scripture lesson this evening, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we'll also look at actually two more passages, but let's go to Deuteronomy 6 at the start here, beginning at verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Then turn back with me to the New Testament, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 at verse 14. 314. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And then we're going to do one more. Ephesians 5 at verse 15 reading several verses here. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God, uh, the God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Uh, this is the word of the Lord. Praise You'll want to begin here with me in that very passage, Ephesians chapter 5. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ 40 times is called teacher. So in his earthly ministry... Uh, he being called teacher, that title given to him is, uh, receives the largest number of references of a particular title given to him. Now, to be sure, being called the son of the son of God is much, much more frequent. But in terms of his title in relationship to others, he's known as teacher. And, you know, and, he, and he did not stop anyone from calling him teacher. Uh, he knew that he was the one to instruct. He was the one to reveal. Uh, you might even think of the passage, John 14, 6, I am the way. Think of him now being as a teacher. I am the way. I am the truth, right, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so he was about revealing. He was about instructing. He was about opening up things to others. He was about showing things to others. So interesting. Uh, that title, that reference, teacher, is the most frequently used about him. Well, parents, your ministry, 
of showing, of guiding, of instructing is to be patterned after this framework of what? Being a teacher. And just as the Lord Jesus Christ is in relationship unto his Father, so you as parents, you live in relationship to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You live in relationship to the Lord God. And that's to say, you're drawing down resources, you're drawing down strength, you're drawing down wisdom, you're drawing down enabling help to carry out your own ministry of being a teacher. And maybe tonight you know, you know yourself, that you know you're not your own, you're not on your own. You know that you belong to Christ as you endeavor uh, to be a faithful parent with that stewardship that has been given to you. Well, we have the three passages tonight... And what I would like to do is pull out a lesson from each passage. So let's stay right here in Ephesians 5 for this first one. We need to parent in the Holy Spirit. That's it. We need to parent in the Holy Spirit. Look at Ephesians 5, again at verse 15. This is a section on wisdom. Verse 15, look carefully how you walk. Look carefully how you parent. (laughs) Not as unwise, but wise. This walk is a manner of life. Look at verse 16. Making the best use of the time. That word time might be translated making the best use of the opportunity as a parent. The moment, the teachable moment as a parent in your teaching. Make the most, uh, the best use of time in terms of the season of being a parent and having your children under your care, your charge. Why? The passage tells us because the days are evil. And you see, in this section of wisdom, it also includes knowing the will of God. We're not to neglect the standards of God. We're to know the word, know the characters of the word, know the scenes and situations of the word, know the warnings, know the commandments. Look at verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what? What the will of the Lord is. Sometimes we might think that that's a passage on guidance. It's a passage on knowing God's standards in the days of evil. That's what it is. The Proverbs tell us repeatedly to put away foolish ways. Put away the way of the fool, the life of the fool, the walk of the fool. We know that passage from Proverbs chapter 1 at verse 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. But now we get to the point. We're to parent in the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for this is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. This verse is a contrast. Not to get drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Spirit. And so there's a lesson here about self-control. It's the Spirit's control in our living. It's the Spirit's control in our parenting. It's the Spirit's control in our serving one another. It's the Spirit's control in our preserving, as he tells us back in chapter 4, the preserving of the unity that we have in the body of Christ. It's the Spirit who lives in us and the Spirit by whom and for whom and with whom we're to be filled. Many of us know that the passage here is this language of keep being filled. Keep relying on God's strength. Even as we heard earlier today from 
John 15, that language that we heard this morning, abide in me, as Jesus says, abide in me. Keep walking in the Spirit. So what kind of parenting is needful? It's Spirit-filled parenting. And that's what you have as the passage keeps going here. Just some basic points of application. Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. The psalms guide us, the highs and lows in life. The down times, the good times. Uh, The word, the psalms in particular, can be an armament in battle. The psalms in particular, spiritual songs and hymns, can be confidence. Knowing the words of those psalms, knowing the words of hymns and songs, uh, can be the very confidence we need when we need to be courageous. The psalms teach us about trusting God when we're insecure. The psalms teach us about recalling the promises of God. He's always with us, never to leave us. What else is spirit-filled parenting? Verse 20, giving thanks always in everything. The bad news, the uncertain news, not seeing right away answers to prayer, giving thanks always. Giving thanks always and in everything. Another manner, another expression of spirit-filled parenting. Here's one last one. Verse 21, submitting to one another. That's what the passage says, submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ. Listening to the word together as parents and children. Listening to the word together as grandparents to grandchildren. Listening to the word together, submitting to one another underneath the word of God. That is to say, uh, as reverence unto Christ. Two applications on this spirit-filled parenting. As a parent, here's number one. As a parent, you are the one we know who's charged with instruction. But as you carry out this parenting process, your children are not taking a class in family do's and don'ts. Your children are not taking a class on how our family is going to be different here. No, in the parenting process, your children are taking a class in you. They're taking you 101, U 102, and U 103. It's your character. <laughs> That's what Paul's emphasizing here. Your walk with the Lord. Walking in wisdom. Walking being filled with the Spirit. Walking as one being filled with the Spirit in that you give thanks in all circumstances, that you speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. He'll say over in Colossians, teaching one another. There you go, teaching one another. And then lastly, certainly submitting to one another. What does this mean? Practically speaking, your words matter greatly in the parenting process, your words. After all, uh, after all, all three of these are about your words. Matters of singing, speaking, matters of giving thanks, matters of submission to one another. You're right. I, I should have learned the scriptures myself on this. I have failed you as you're being one to submit to the word of God. Also, just to circle back to this language about making the best use of your time, making the best use of every opportunity, every moment, every season. Why? Because the days are evil. And since it is a season that we're to make the most of, 
Parenting in the Spirit plays the long game, friends. Parenting in the Spirit plays the long game. I think my wife and I had to learn perseverance. That's the key. When you're parenting, you walk the walk and you stay with that walk. As you're parenting, as you're nurturing, as you're teaching. It is a season of nurture. And it means it takes time. It's a process of nurture. And oftentimes it's a process of repetition. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ said when a disciple is fully trained, he will be like his teacher. It doesn't say he will be thinking like his teacher. He'll be like his teacher. It's a character matter there. That's why our children take classes in dad or in mom. <laughs> they're, they're watching us all the time. Let's go to our second passage. Turn back to 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 to 17. 2 Timothy 3. This is our second lesson now. We need to parent from the Holy Scriptures. The first one is in the Spirit. And now, secondly, to parent from the Holy Scriptures. And that's exactly what's going on here. 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. The passage has this context of someone older who is ministering to someone younger. Someone older with life experience ministering to someone younger with less life experience. It's Paul to Timothy, right? That's the passage. But also, it's Grandmother Lois. Here we go, grandparents that are here this evening. It's Grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. That's back in chapter 1, verse 5. Timothy remembers this instruction. It says in the passage here, how from childhood you've been acquainted with the, uh, the sacred writings. Parents are a parent in the scriptures. The scriptures are our guide. And that's what you have then Paul saying about verse 16. All scripture, the scriptures were to use, all of the Bible, all scripture is breathed out by God, and for what purpose? It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training. Look at those four words with me uh, in their use here. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is exactly the same in being underneath the Word of God. Remember what he said in the temptation scene there with Satan in the desert, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Christ Jesus is the same. He's under authority. He's under God's will. As parents, that's what we aim to do as well. This language that the scriptures are profitable for teaching, that's the common word for instruction. Uh, the old Hebrew language would be the common word to throw something down. That's what actually teaching means in the old Hebrew, to throw it down. That means to, to put before someone. That's instruction. That is teaching. It's bringing God's word to put before them to bring it to bear on the matter. And that's why we're to know Bible facts. Uh, some of us as moms and dads are learning about this Bible quiz challenge coming up a little bit in a few months here in the Houston area. It's good to know the facts of Scripture. It's good to know names and faces and places in Scripture. Why? Because you see, in opening the Word of God, especially to our children, they are learning such facts, and we're highlighting stories, we're highlighting phrases, we're highlighting clauses, uh, we're promoting uh, promises. 
what are we doing? We're using the word. We're throwing the word down, using the word because we want to be under its authority. That's teaching. Paul tells us all scripture is inspired of God. And it's useful. It's profitable for teaching. Secondly, it's, it's profitable for reproof. Some translations, you might have one before you this evening, is the word conviction. It's profitable for conviction. What does this mean? This idea of reproof is that God's standard, his word, reveals his plan, will, and character, and it also reveals man's need and his life to be lived in Christ. That's to say, God shows us who he is, and in that sense, addresses us for this instruction to bring about conviction. Oh, yeah, we need him. Oh, yeah, we need his word. Oh, yes, we need his spirit. This conviction. It's opening the word, listening to its counsel, and here's the point. To be convicted of it is to see it rightly, that it opens my heart, it opens my mind, and I'm eager to follow it. Let's pursue it. Let's follow it. That's conviction. That's reproof. He also says it's for correction. This is that ongoing need for repentance. Uh, The word uh, that's used here is the word for something to be repaired, something to be straightened. So this word for correction is seeing, uh, seeing ourselves more and more, our need for Christ, seeing ourselves more and more to forsake sin, seeing ourselves more and more to turn to Christ in faith and to put away sin and to put on righteousness in Christ Jesus. Correction. We're being straightened. We're being repaired. Again, we can see how parenting is a process here. We're using the word of God over time to nurture and to develop. One last one is training there. Uh, Training is that word that's used about all of life is a practice. All of life is to practice living for Christ. All of life is practice for living for Christ. We're to practice it. That's the training. So parents, how do we do these things? What does it mean to be in the word and using the word? Yes, we've looked at these references of these different jobs and tasks that the word has. But in the first place, parents, be realistic. Be realistic about uh, what you do in opening the word. Take up the practice to open the word, whether it be family devotions, a particular nurture of teaching of some kind. You work with it as much as possible, but here's the point. The bit of practice that you use, the the timely uh, occasions of using the word with that practice With that practice, it will come about that your frequency will increase. The idea is as you open the word, you'll be reminded about things in the word. Your children will be reminded about things in the word. As you open the word, be those who open the word with such such suggestions as these. You can tell your children, don't you remember when we read... And you know, this makes me think about a verse. Does it make you think about a verse? You can be very practical with your boys and girls. Younger children, you can say to them, does anyone know a Bible verse that I might be thinking about right now? Older children, here, I'd like you, use, I'd like you to use this book. I'd like you to turn over here to this web page. I'd like you to use this reference tool, and I want you to find a verse that you think relates to what we've been talking about. You're using the word. Instruction and reproof and correction and training. 
Here's another one, another practical one about being in the Word. Be one who's going to vary the way that you get into the Word. You can get into the Word through missionary biographies. You see stories illustrated for you, the life of faith. And through missionary biographies, boys and girls can enter into that story, and you can talk about things concerning the Word. What a blessing that is to see the life of faith illustrated for us, and we can make use of such illustrations. Okay, that's parenting with the Word. Let's do one more now, back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Go back into your Old Testament there to the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 6. And again, we read that passage this evening beginning at verse 4. Chapter 6 of Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. There it is. So what's the lesson here? We're to give ourselves in parenting for the whole of the day. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Scriptures, and the whole of the day. He's going to tell us here in verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children, and here we go, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And just so we get it, Moses instructs the people of God here, you're to write them on the doorposts of your house, and likely we can insert a word, and on your city gates. So whether you're around your home or whether you're around others in your community, the point being, the word is to be plastered everywhere, and that's to say the whole of the day. The opportune times. That's back again. Think about Ephesians 5 once we said that, when, when we looked at that tonight. You know, making the most of every opportunity, making the best use of your time. That word time there, again, is opportunity, season, moment, uh, the circumstance. And that's exactly what Moses is getting at as well. All of life, the season of life, every day, be about instructing. So when it says, you shall talk to them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. It's a biblical speech that's to, to be flowing from our tongues. That's to say, thinking about Scripture, speaking about Scripture, being reminded about Scripture. It might be simply sitting down to read together. The boys and girls that are readers, they can take turns reading, even a, a verse or two. The boys and girls that are pointing to pictures in a picture book, you as a dad or you as a mom can be telling the Bible story in your own words. And that's a form of expression where boys and girls can follow, and they'll follow your finger, and they can point to things with you as well. But it's, you shall talk to them when you sit down, talk of them when you sit down uh, in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. And with this opening confession that Moses begins at verse 4, see that, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, uh, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This opening confession, Hear, O Israel, is a reminder that our Bible instruction in the whole of the day is to be centered on the essentials. God, creation, man, 
God's plan for sending Christ, His commandments, the stories of the Scriptures about the offerings for sin, and certainly the coming life of Christ and the very life of Christ Himself, the essentials of the faith, how important that is. And that's why in history, and it's not just the Presbyterians, the Lutherans, uh, and, and, and later on, the Baptists, many catechisms and confessions um, were, were, were recorded because the essentials needed to be rehearsed with that rising generation. And so we practice saying the creeds together. You can take home the Apostles' Creed, and, we can, and you can say, um, children, uh, let's say the creed together, and you can practice that at home. You can practice the doxology at home. And certainly you can do the sounding forth. That's the word for catechism, to sound out and to sound back and forth, a question with an answer, a question with an answer. That's sounding forth the essential truths. And what are we doing when we practice such things? It's reinforcement. It's reinforcement that the whole of the day is to be given over to instruction and living our lives in conformity to Christ, that children are picking these things up for us, from us. The Lord Jesus Christ, he speaks in that wonderful summons and that invitation in Matthew chapter 11, where he says, come unto me, all who are uh, heavy laden. He speaks of this yoke. It's not the yoke of man. It's not the yoke of the Pharisees, and the teachers of the law, and the scribes and the Sadducees. But he speaks of this yoke, and he says, take my yoke, take my instruction upon you. And that's why he says, come and learn from me. And he says, I'm gentle, I'm lowly in heart. And that takes us back to, he lived in the Spirit and lived by the Spirit. He's gentle and lowly. You can almost hear some of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. He says, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And certainly he's the one who finds uh, where we will find rest for our souls. He says, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Parents, the yoke, the burden, the task before you, we know can be overwhelming. But in Christ, he tells us as we follow him, as we live in his strength, he's the one who provides all the resources and all that enabling help of his spirit uh, to lead us forth. Let's pray together. Father, we blend our voices and our hearts together tonight, remembering our parents. You would equip them with every manner of strength and to carry out their stewardship for your glory and for your honor. And, oh, Father, we know that you are committed uh, to bringing fruitfulness we walk in faith, we instruct and teach, we bring about a nurture in faith, we be, and we pray, O oh God, that you would be working in the hearts of our boys and girls, our young people, teaching them of the things of Christ, and that they indeed might possess Christ and walk in him and walk in his love. We thank you, Lord, for the instruction here tonight. Go with us, we ask. And may there be that growing increase of Christ in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen.